Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. If you're a snowplow parent, then this episode is definitely for you. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I have the extreme pleasure of introducing a guest who shared so many insights and so many knowledge nuggets. And I guess what else would you expect since she's a superintendent of schools of the Mahoning County Educational Service Center. So today we are joined by Tracy Hostetler. She dropped so many knowledge nuggets, so many phrases, things to remember. I don't, I don't even want to share them right now. I want you to listen to this episode because we had a lot of fun, learned a lot about our kids' future development and how educators are really, you know, obviously on the front lines of working with our kids to point them in the right direction. So without further ado, please welcome Tracy Hostetler, Superintendent of the Mahoning County Educational Service Center. Uh, let me know what you think. and. Uh, some of her knowledge nuggets and her uh, taglines would love to hear if you're going to start using them. I certainly will. We are live at the, well, we aren't quite live yet. We are here at the Mahoney County ESC. Distanced here. And we are social, well, very well socially distanced in this very large conference room at Mahoney County ESC. Yes. With Tracy Hostetler, the superintendent. So we are thrilled to have you on the podcast Thank today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Really been looking forward to this. I saw you two years ago, I think, at a city club event. Yes. You crushed it. It was awesome. Aww, really inspiring you. to hear all the work you're doing with the kids. And thank you. How you're supporting our, the future of our of our community correct? it's a big deal it is. <laughs> i remind myself of that whenever i feel like i'm uh letting go of it so right well, you know it's interesting literally it's our kids future yes <laughs> yeah it, it's a big deal yeah, it is it is and, and speaking of kids when you were a child what did you want to do when you grew up i wanted to be a pediatrician oh yeah i um i needed to to take it more seriously probably than I did in college. I started in nursing and, and realized pretty quickly that the uh, medical field is for very special people, of which I was not one. Mm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I love nursing and I love what they do, but um, that whole uh, you know nursing component to nursing was not for me, for sure. I see. When did you discover that? Was that, did you play, you know, have like the medical kits as a child oh. with like the fake, you know, stethoscope? Oh, you know it. You know, I had baby dolls that did all sorts of things and I could feed them and change them. And, you know, my, I think my whole life I knew I wanted to be with kids mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to help people. Um, you know, but I, I wish, uh, so I was in my third year of nursing school when I discovered that it's probably, I needed to go a different path. Okay. But. And they, did you pursue education at that point? I did, yeah. Uh, my husband and I got married in college, so we got married, um, I was, like I said, I was in my junior year in nursing, um, and he was already teaching. So um, he said, you know, if you love science so much, why don't you teach science? Um, huh. Which I didn't do, okay. but, <laughs> but it was a good segue, so yeah. And, and the um, was there someone that, a role model you had through this this whole time horizon, say, looking at the medical field or at the education field, was there someone that you looked up to you inspired to, or inspired by? You know, that's a tough question to answer and, and probably not get emotional about. Um, 
I always look this up to my mom. This is a podcast. You can get emotional. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Nobody will notice. I probably should have said anything. Right. Um, you know, I always looked up to my mom. She died in a car accident when I was 16. Um, you know, but she just, she was the most generous, kind, caring human being I've ever met. Um, so that was kind of a big deal for me. And I know everybody's got, you know, some great role model that they looked up to. Mine was my mom. And I think that makes me one of the most fortunate people on the planet. Right. The short amount of time you had with her was probably very amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. How often do you think about her? Oh, God, multiple times every day. Right, right. And do you feel like she's still guiding you to some extent? I think she slaps me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> probably need it. Um, you know, but certainly what, what she instilled in me is a driving force in what I do. Um, you know, if I could just live up to what she was like, you know, that sort of a thing. She's pretty amazing. How do you find your work day to day with parents? So working in supporting our educational infrastructure, do you find parents have are now playing a lesser role or a greater role? Like, where do you? Yeah. Come it, down so with it's that? funny. I have, and I'm, I'll answer this from my parenting perspective, so as not to, you know upset anyone um, because I've had lots of experience, you know, as principal and teacher and district superintendent of varying parents. But I will say about this generation of parenting, of which I'm one, we tend to be overly involved in our yes. children. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, uh, I, I was a helicopter mom, maybe more of a snowplow mom. Uh, yeah, you like those terms? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have a snowball mom. I oh, with, yes. Who's my wife. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, we and, and we're so well-meaning. Right. Um, you know, that. so when my children went off to college, um, you know, both of my daughters, uh, my oldest graduated from the University of Alabama. My youngest is a senior this year. And, you know, the college had their, um, you know, their initiation for parents, and they basically said, I know you've been calling the shots their whole lives, but you are not even going to get a phone call in with us. Uh, and it was eye-opening. Right. Um, and my kids did a lot better without me hovering. They really did. They got to make mistakes and then fix them. And, and you know, they had to learn. I mean, those soft skills, I really inhibited them from establishing a lot of soft skills. I really, with my hovering. That's a tough, we could really go off on a tangent here. And we, we could. Probably I baited you. You did. <laughs> I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to the podcast. So. Well, and you'll note, I said that's from my perspective. Yeah, so. that's right. No, there, that's there are plenty of parents that I can't, could never get to return phone calls, you know. So finding that balance, I think, is mm -hmm. so crucial. Right. And that's where mentors come into play, correct? Yeah, for sure. And so finding mentors that, it's all about, I don't know, it's about values, value creation and setting and establishing values and then probably you know the college experience you know get out of their lives let them grow and evolve yeah but i think with the right early guidance and mentorship and values then that's probably more feasible yeah so you know basically the only thing i could say to my children when they moved was don't do anything that's irreversible just don't do anything that's irreversible you're going to make mistakes you're gonna experience your first bad grades, you know, but drunken driving and killing someone is irreversible. Right. Um, you know, getting into other situations that we don't need to highlight. You know, they just, um, that was the only thing I could, could instill in them. Right. Um, so. I, I, I love that 
statement, don't do anything that's irreversible. And, you know, I've definitely heard of the snowplow and the helicopter, <laughs> but I've never heard that one. So that's a cool one that yeah, we definitely have you. to keep for sure. It was my dad's warning to me. So it's been passed down through generations. Through the generations. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Are there, um, do you have, say, a favorite leader today? So in your professional pursuits, you know, the roles you've had. So actually walk me through. So you got from nursing school to become an educator and then you've been superintendent and just give us the quick sketch of your career. Okay, trajectory. so quick sketch is graduated from college and my husband and I a year later decided to start a family. So I stayed home with my children for 10 years. I did, yeah. Wow. And then I went back to school to do some refresher courses. Um, became a teacher. I taught in Conneaut, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, and then I became a principal in Pima Tuning Valley at the elementary school, um, Canfield Middle School. And then I was director of teaching and learning at Maslin City before I became superintendent at East Palestine. So, um, and then of course, Mahoning County Educational Service Center. Okay. So, could you even provide the sketch of what the Mahoning County Educational Service Center does? Because it's a it's a great organization that I think it's behind the scenes. I it, really yeah, think we really are. And, and interestingly enough, I really like being behind the scenes. Um, right. I, I, I didn't know that I would. I mean, being a superintendent and principal, you're sort of right out front all the time. So at, the, at Mahoning County ESC, we provide services to districts, um, specialized services. We'll do preschool um, for students with and without disabilities. Uh, and we'll do those in the school districts. Um, we also provide related services like OT, PT, speech, and psychology services. Um, we provide legislative advocacy for schools in the region. Um, teaching and learning department, uh, they do professional development for teachers in Mahoning, Columbiana. We've got some teachers coming in, actually some teachers from Cuyahoga, Portage, Trumbull. Um, so we have a very broad range of people that participate in our, in our professional development. So those are just a few highlights of what we do. So the service center in name is you provide a great service to empower the educators who are on the front lines working day to day with the, with the administration and the staff and the students yep. to just keep people on the on Absolutely. The right and we provide direct student services, like I mentioned, with the related services. I have superintendent meetings, so I hold the county superintendent meetings here every month. Um, we hold county principal meetings, special ed director meetings. So we're really the hub right. for, for the rest of it. Probably a great sounding board, right, where you're a collaborator yeah. and they can confide or, or share yes. their experience because they may not be able to pick up the phone and call this person or that person, but this is a forum to come together as you know, a peer set with common challenges yep. and solve problems. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, we're working to build even a more collaborative culture with some of the things we're doing. But um, right now with COVID, we're, we're obviously very collaborative. I mean, we're meeting weekly. Right. Um, but yes, it's, uh, it's a really great group of men and women that I get to work with, um, you know, that, that really just want to see each other succeed. It's, it's really quite wonderful, to be honest. Right. I highly collaborative group of folks that are, you know, at the end of the day, it's for children's success, right? Yeah, it's student right. success and student outcomes. Is there a leadership style you embrace to, to drive collaboration and to drive sharing? 
Yeah, well, I, I definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive collaborator. Um, I have a team, I call my cabinet team. It's one director from every department. We meet weekly, um, about an hour, hour and a half a week. When I first started, those poor people were here for two, three hours at a time. <laughs> But you know, it's it's really important for me. Uh, you know, I I call them my advisors. Mm -hmm. You know, and I need to know. I, I would be ignorant and arrogant to think that I know everything going on. This is a massive organization. I have about five hundred people employed here. Wow. Yeah. Wait, say that. So five hundred people. Yes. Are employed at the Mahoning County ESC. And by the by, it's not just Mahoney County. There's a lot it's, of Trumbull County. Yeah, well, there's a, a lot of Columbiana County. We have three districts aligned with us, but we serve more than three. Um, Portage County, we currently have three aligned with us. And then we work with schools, like I said, you know, throughout the entire Northeast region. But my employees, so to exacerbate things, those 500 people are dispersed throughout all of those locations. Uh -huh. So never at once are there 500 people here. We couldn't hold them. Wow. So then that, that actually does require, so communication is the key, right? It so is. This, yeah, for sure. What communication style do you have? What cadence do you have to keep people all moving in the same direction? Well, I love to use humor and to be lighthearted. Um, but I also have a, a, a very unique way of setting boundaries and expectations. Um, so, you know, I don't want, um, my, my kindness is never mistaken for weakness, I can assure you that. It can't be, I know, not when you have 500 people that report to you. Um, but I do value each and every one of my employees. I'm, um, you know, I, I want them to know that they're part of, part of the team, no matter what capacity they serve. Um, I'm flexible and reasonable, but we do have, we do have some, rigorous expectations that need to be upheld, so. Absolutely, do you have a, for the lack of a better term, a management system, like a scoring system or some type of approach to evaluating the team's success? Well, yes, I mean, we, we do annual evaluations with the directors and the directors uh, analyze and evaluate annually their supervisors and then supervisors, the people that are below them. Um, so yeah, it's an annual thing here. That's also a new one. So I'm picking up all these new uh, <laughs> humor with boundaries, right? Yes. So I think okay. that's important because yeah. so I'm having fun so far. Well, and me it, too. You know, as long as I've known you, it's always been fun. And you, you got to be lighthearted. Yeah. And you know, it, at the end of the day, and I know everybody says this, but at the end of the day, we're an educational entity. No one dies. Right. You know, I really, really believe wholeheartedly in being a learning organization. And when you look at the Cleveland Clinic, for example, they're a learning organization. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn by making mistakes. You don't learn by being perfect. Um, and then also allowing people, um, having them understand that they're supported so that they can take calculated, educated risks mm -hmm. because that innovation won't happen without the risk taking. Good advice for parents too, right? Yes, I mean, that's for literally sure. what it yes. is. Yes, right? I grew up in the 80s, so I didn't have a helicopter. I was thrown out and said, be home before the streetlights go off. I as well, and, and that's, um, and I, yeah, there was a degree of resiliency. So, quick story picked my son up from football one day, and it started to rain. And two of his little buddies were walking down the street, pouring rain. And my wife said, pick those kids up and take them home. I said, no, let them walk. 
they could use a little toughness. <laughs> Blow the stink <laughs> off of them. Right. And it wasn't about those kids in particular. I didn't even know who they were. They were just kids from yeah, the team. Right. I thought, nah, kids could use a little, you know, toughening yeah. up. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, do you, is there any curriculum, you know, speaking of entrepreneurship, like I think entrepreneurs really, that's, we make mistakes every day. Sure. We learn trial by fire. Are there entrepreneurial activities that are being, you know, integrated, in, integrated the schools. in the schools. So we're working on that. Um, so what I want people to know is, because I know there's a big push for from businesses to start integrating those things. And yeah. yes, they're absolutely right. I mean, loud and clear, they're absolutely right. right. The problem is we're institutionalized. I mean, there are standards set forth before us by the state that are then measured through state testing that are then you know, used for accountability for staff evaluations and school funding. So the more we start, the more we mess with that without their approval, direction, and blessings, you know, we can get ourselves into trouble. Yeah, very little wiggle room, right? The curriculum and the test, the evaluations are such that they're meant to, you know, can I use the word mandated? Yeah, oh, abs yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> and absolutely. It's such a large infrastructure that requires, you yes. know, very defined it, it criteria. It is very defined, prescribed things that need to be done within the, the confines of a school year. Right. And, you know, then, of course, if that doesn't happen, so you're a Canfield resident, Imagine in Canfield hearing that all of a sudden your school went from an A school to a C school. I mean, that causes, oh, that messes huge. with property values, it, it causes angst. So we understand as educators that we have a job to do and our job is defined by those parameters. Okay. But we also understand as human beings that we need to be responsive to our communities and, and regionally what we need in the workforce. Right. So, you know, we work with um, our business advisory council works with a lot of you were on a call this morning. This morning, right. Um, you know, so we're trying to find unique and innovative ways to incorporate those things in school, um, even if they're electives or something like that. But honestly, we've, we really need to, if we want to affect change, we need to work with the legislators because it needs to be in some sort of law. I see. So I, I do um, commend you for, you know, I was on the call this morning and I, the amazing things that are happening from a virtual career for your standpoint. Yes, yes. That's amazing. So my team there is right. amazing. It's, I would love to be like, oh yeah, look what I did. I just said, yes, that sounds great. Go with it. And again, that's me saying to them, take the risk. It, it sounds great. Try it out. And they did and they ran and it was spectacular. And it's calculated and it's within the... Yep. It's within the constraints, right, that you have to operate within, and I completely understand the the systematic approach that has to happen yeah. for schools to operate. But I feel like it's a very creative way you're working the fringes. Yeah. Is that fair to say? That's a great way to say it. Yes, he's, working he's, the fringes. But it's impactful. And, yeah, the business community, the number of business professionals and leaders you have on that call once a month is it's a great it's list pretty of people. amazing it's very I cool tell everybody say. our business advisory council is very robust I hear other ESCs saying uh you know they're they're trying or they're you know try by the way is a word of failure for us we don't right. try we do right Yoda. um yeah is that Yoda Steve well I don't think okay. that was that Yoda try not do or do not
There is no try. Well, see? That's Yoda to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, I feel a little Star Wars geeky at the moment, but, but wow. I, uh, I use it all the time. You know, don't try, do. Um, right. But yeah, so um, I don't even remember where we were going. Well, you throw Yoda into the mix. <laughs> That's right. Everything stops for Yoda. <laughs> right. No, the Business Advisory Council is amazing. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, are, they are really, they, she just, she does so much, she and her team. Um, and she, Sandy Ferrano, is my uh, director. Um, you know, she has really just taken this whole thing and made it into something that, that is really regionally very impactful. I'm very proud of her. Absolutely. And, and those are all things that they're not, you're, there is, everything is well within the system, right? Mm -hmm. or, or within yep. the confines of the, you, you do, you have to almost literally work within a very tightly defined oh, yes. system per the state yes. guidelines. Oh, yeah. And we know state guidelines don't change that often. Well, right. And, and you know, we're, ta we're, we're um, tasked with making sure the kids are ready for testing. And I, I hope no one's teaching to the test, but they'd be fools if they weren't teaching to the standards right. that directly you know, right. are tested. Right. Um, you know, but federal funding is, is tied to all of that. So it's, you know, schools would close without their funding. Right. So is there one example of, say, a program? I know this past year has been, you know, we'll just say 2020. Um, it's a new curse word. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> but is it, you want to share a program or something you thought was innovative or, or impactful within this kind of business advisory council? Well, so I'll share what we're working on now because I think this is really incredible, is that they're working to get... so. We all know that there are some kids that go to career tech. We all mm -hmm. know that there are some kids that don't. And of those kids that don't, some go to college, some go to trade school, and some don't do right. anything. Um, so what we're looking to do is, is to grab those kids that are um, not at career tech and not motivated to seek additional schooling necessarily right off of you know, graduation. And different schools, I think we have five um, that have signed on to do this are starting to implement these graduate pathways. And it's, it's really um, um, just sort of an introduction into various um, careers. Uh, and, you know, they, I mean, we're talking about carpentry and agriculture and, you know, things that will at least try to help, not try, Right, things right. that will guide, will guide yes. yes, things that will guide the kids um, that really don't have a lot of guidance. Okay. So, and is that and how are those kids selected? Are it do, basically is it literally at the classroom level? A teacher probably sees potential, and do, do they kind of try to guide or recommend or? Yeah, nudge? I think so. The districts, all the all of the districts were given an opportunity, and you know it it does cost some money, so mm -hmm. you've got to you know think about that. So of the five that chose to sign up for this sort of pilot program, um, those districts I would assume would use their principals and their school counselors to sort of pick Identify. those kids. Yeah, okay. and it, they might open it to everyone. Sometimes those. Um, I know in my experience, my counselors have been really important. And as a principal, just nudging, you know, the kid that's trying to sleep in study hall and doing, you know, right. one, of, one right. of those Camarios and, you know, getting them to be active. So Right. Well, and it's funny, Greg Smith on the podcast, he, we talked about the difference between potential and motivation. And, you know, people have potential. A lot of people have potential. Uh, are they motivated? And what is that thing 
what's that one little spark you can ignite within mm -hmm. a student? Yeah, you know, oh, every kid I speak to, oh, I don't want to go to yeah. school today. And, but they do all like something. Yeah, it, right? it's our currency, right? It's yeah. about finding their currency. Uh, okay. And I'll go one thing. step further and, and I'll challenge the motivation um, comment with discipline. I think our kids, you know, we can get them motivated to do just about anything if we know their currency, mm -hmm. right? If I, I, would, I would run through that snow for certain things in my life, but am I disciplined enough to do it every single time? I'm not sure. So motivation, I think, especially with kids, is a very temporary state. Oh. Um, and, and with us, you know, I, I can be disciplined to study. I'm in almost, thank God, almost done with my doctorate. I had to be very disciplined to do that. You know, disciplined to exercise. Everybody's mm -hmm. motivated with their New Year's resolution, but nobody's, not too many, are disciplined year, you know, three, month 11, <laughs> to carry that out. So I think motivation's critical, but I think discipline is what really seals the deal. Wow, I see a model evolving here. I'm working out the equation, uh, motivation, <laughs> currency, discipline. You're right, they, what is their currency? What gets them, what can they trade in, so to speak, or what would get them yeah. interested what would, in the, the currency gets them motivated, right? right? Okay, yeah. and then the discipline, boy, that's a tough one. It is a tough one, especially with kids, and that's why being a helicopter mom was a problem for my kids, you know, because I was always coming in to save the day. Right. So, you know, I didn't teach them about the importance of that commitment to get something done. That literally raises a whole bunch of more questions. <laughs> We've got another rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, as I say, that's, but that's the, this is a fascinating model we have here. Um, I think before we dig into that a little deeper, we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors. Sure, thank you. That sounds great. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank the headlining members of the coalition, including Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Youngstown State University, the DeBartolo Corporation, Simon Roofing, and the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center. Let's talk about uh, leadership. Learn, you mentioned learning by mistakes and that you know, we have to, as parents and as educators and as professionals, we all learn by our mistakes. So is there an instructive experience you had learning by mistake that oh. you'd want to share? It was my harshest lesson, yes. Um, I was a brand new superintendent um, and I just, you know, as I say this, my intention was great. Best right? intentions. Best intentions. Always best intentions. Absolutely, or I wouldn't have done it. Uh, and it was still the right thing to do. My approach was awful. So brand new superintendent realized that the district needed some um, structural changes to, you know, in our, in our routines mm -hmm. um, in order to capitalize on some time, extra time for teachers to do some very necessary planning, analysis, again, back to my collaboration and teamwork. Right. And we had a lot of wasted time in the day. So I spent all summer working with my principals and you know, it was part of our negotiations and we 
created this beautiful schedule uh, of which we released to parents about a week before school started. And it, it, it uh, shaved about 20 minutes off of the start time, so it pushed it back. And to me, uh, 20 minutes, whatever, not a big deal. Well, it was a big deal when parents had to adjust their time to go to work right? or had to adjust their babysitters. And um, again, necessary, best intentions, but I realized that um, my collaboration didn't go as far as it needed to. Uh, and I also realized that not a lot of people like change as much as I do. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I once heard the only people that like change are wet babies. So, uh, and sometimes even they resist, right? Wow. So, yeah. Change presents a new opportunity to do things, but I completely understand. I as love a, change. As yeah. a parent that is on a schedule that has to do a drop off, I count on the fact that I will be in the office by X time every day because it's, I've down to the minute. Right, right. I literally know when we pull out of the garage, like, okay. I'll be there in 8.47 7.14, the traffic is going to be X and da, 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 da. So I'll be in the office by 10 of. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's interesting that, that yeah, that I think a lot of times now were you given, did people appreciate that you had the best intentions or was uh, it? A, yeah, uh, there's... You know, so again, going back to the kind of parents that we are, we, we tend to think everything's fine, and if not, we'll fix it. Um, so I don't know that, you know, I don't know that most parents understood the need. Um, I, that I was in charge of that. You know, mm -hmm. I analyzed the data. I work right. with the teachers. So right. I probably needed a whole different approach uh, to that that was more collaborative with the community. Right. But And I'm, I'm minimizing it right now. It was a... Oh, I'm it sure. was an ugly situation <laughs> for I, about a month. I could imagine, you yeah. know, because uh, was that pre-social media? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, this was, no, okay. This was so. driven by the, the gospel of Facebook. If, oh, if, my. Yes, yes. So you know how that's... You, before social media existed, it would have been bad, but oh, not I'm as sure bad. Oh, I'm sure things are, were lovely before social right, media existed. Right, right. Yeah, now it's like amplified. Uh, yeah. Boy. I'd have a lot less gray hairs if uh, social media didn't exist when I was a district superintendent. I, I could only imagine. I mean, that's that's another tangent and rabbit hole we're not going to go yeah, down. That's right. Because I have sure. very strong opinions about that as yeah, well. Yeah, agree. So speaking of change, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. We thrive on change. We thrive on ambiguous environments. I tell my kids, look for ambiguity. And if you see that something is not quite well-defined or it's ambiguous, go in, take over, and provide clarity. And then you're a leader, right? And that's how you grab the leadership opportunity and go. So do you notice, would you have any recommendations or ways to encourage this region to embrace change? Like, where do you see the future of our region from a leadership standpoint? Are we heading in the right direction? I think so. You know, I'm hearing a lot of great things um, that are happening. I think, you know, um, Youngstown's home, right? This, right. this the whole thing is home to me. So yeah, I certainly hope so. I, I see what's happening in Lordstown. We were talking off camera right. about that. I, I couldn't be more thrilled to see jobs coming back there. And they're it's it's innovative what they're doing right you know and and the work that districts school districts are doing with business advisory councils that's innovative that is um you know people i see all the time people saying you know make sure that we're pushing 
uh, career tech and skilled trades, and and we're doing that. Mm -hmm. it, you know, when I graduated, it was you're going to college or you're going into the military, and and there weren't there weren't many other options, or at right. least not presented to me. Right. So, um, you know, I I'm seeing now that I feel like we're we're on the right path because we're starting that dialogue. And I mentioned earlier, I think so for real change to be impacted or affected, we've got to work with our legislators. We've got to get them on the same page, because as much work as we're doing, if the law doesn't change about what's provided in schools, then um, you know we're gonna we're just gonna be spinning our wheels. No, you're right. I mean, I, I sit here and think, uh, you know, not to get into politics, but you know, any entrepreneur, tell me the rules of the game, and I'll make it happen. And so a lot of times the whole, you know, legislative process, it's like, eh, just don't screw it up and I'll just, we'll just make it work. But you're right. I mean, in this instance, change is happening, but for it to really be fully impactful, it does, there is a legislative, legislative component here. Right. I mean, I would like to see, and certainly not a re or a, um, a um, you know, a, a mirror image of what's going on in, in, in uh, career tech, but I, w I would very much like to see schools be able to develop programs for kids that need skills that aren't college prep. Right. right. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting to have a carpentry class or a carpentry pathway in a high school. First of all, it's expensive. Second of all, it's a duplication of services. Career Tech does that already. Mm -hmm. But, you know, have pathways for kids in high school who, for whatever reason, didn't go to Career Tech and make them make them acceptable in the eyes of the state, don't make them take the same tests. Right. I mean, I've, I've never used trigonometry. I, I don't know why I had to, I'm, I'm 50. I'm I don't thinking, know why I had to take yeah, trigonometry. I'm thinking, yeah, that's cosine. And so, <laughs> yeah, I don't even cosine. know. I, yeah, I, I recall, I vaguely recall. I just recall cried a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took four years of Spanish. I, I, and I get why you have, you know, I get why we introduce kids to those things. Right. But I was going to college. I knew I was going to college. I needed those courses. But the kid that didn't go to college and, and didn't go to the military probably didn't need trig and probably could have benefited much more from subjects that were right. more attractive to him right. or her. Right. And so I'm hearing there's a very explicit effort, and I, I literally see it, but just to sh for your, from your perspective, there is an explicit effort to establish career pathways and to have oh, yeah. a broader array of choices available. Yeah. We're, it, we are making a pointed effort to educate kids about what's out there. That's And we're not minimizing college, so I don't want to go on the opposite direction. I, I'm clearly, I think college is very important, right. um, but that's for me. Right. So, you know, what we're trying to do is make sure everybody's got options that are individualized to them and that they're educated about them. Fantastic. Well, that's good. Do you have um, leadership books or any, anything that, you know, how do you get inspired and how do you deploy all these programs? I'm sure there has to be, you do a lot of reading or? I, I do, I do a lot of uh, professional development and you know, just trying to figure out what's out there. Um, honestly, by the time I get home and read, I read books for pleasure. Right, yeah, uh, yeah right. I'm kind of conked out between my doctorate and work and um, you know, but uh, I, I, I've, I've got a really great network of other superintendents. I meet with the ESC superintendents every single week. Um, and you know, we talk about things that are going on in the state. Um, and I think the best thing I can do is, is talk with my 
advisors, mm-hmm. um, of which Sandy uh, with the BAC is one of them, and um, you know, just hire the right people. Right. So. Right. That's what counts. Yeah. Do you have? Do you ever reference any leadership quotes? Say, what you're working with your advisors. Any inspirational quotes you offer? Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by. Oh, and I wrote it down because I knew you were going to ask this. It's so long, but it's John Wesley. Okay. And he's the one that says, "Do all the good you can by all the means you can, at all the times you can, for as long as you can." And that's the abbreviated quote. Oh. Um, just, you know, I mean, he's just constantly, the quote is, constantly pursuing doing what's right. And it's, it can be tiresome, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're all over in all these directions. And, you know, here uh, my um, pupil services department is doing what's right for kids with special needs mm-hmm. and advocating for those kids. And my... Uh, business advisory council is doing what's right for kids for college and careers and my teaching and learning department is doing what's right for teaching uh, and administration so you know we've got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire but I'm pretty proud of what we do absolutely and and doing what's right because it's our future depends on it yeah period yeah absolutely <laughs> our future absolutely well, that's great. Uh, to close this out, uh, you know, I promised that we would work glamping into this conversation. <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about uh, camping and, and our, you know, the ways in which I'm excited. So I was at the press event with Lordstown Motors and Marcus Lamonis. And they're going to build an RV. And I think that's a great nice. strategy for them to deploy moving into the consumer market, uh, first servicing and then electric uh, RVs. So we didn't, I couldn't naturally work that in there, so here I am just inserting it. <laughs> just purposefully just dropping like it. just dumping it in. Here it is. <laughs> That's awesome. I am, well, I, you did it. You promised you'd it. do it. It wasn't, you know, really, um, it wasn't smooth, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to do it. So do you have a challenge you want to offer to our audience here? Or maybe share also if, if there are businesses out there that want to get involved in the Business Advisory Council? Oh, yeah, sure. So you can, any businesses that want to be involved can just email me. Uh, go to the Mahoning County ESC website, and you'll find my email in there. Um, we'd be more than thrilled. I mean, and, and we're looking beyond Mahoning County, obviously. Right, so right. anybody who wants to be a part of that could certainly be a part of that. Um, And my challenge Mm -hmm. is probably one I should have taken, and it goes back to parents to just, I'm going to challenge them to let their kids fail. Right. Challenge them to not jump in and rescue. It's so hard. I'm a mommy. I get it. Yeah. Um, But that's that's probably the toughest challenge that anybody could achieve. Irreversible. Uh, We can close with that great quote, that statement, don't do anything that's irreversible. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Great. Well, Tracy, this has been fantastic. Likewise. Very generous with your time today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is great. Okay. Thank you for joining us today. We really do appreciate your time. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend and also Please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Those really do help us improve the quality of the show. If you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas, guests you want to recommend, hit me up on LinkedIn or send me an email at j-h-e-r-r-m-a-n-n at business-journal.com. I will certainly get back to you. And I do have to thank 
Once again, the members of our Brain Gain Coalition. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thank you to Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition for all of their support. And, and along with them, additional members of the coalition include Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Youngstown Business Incubator, MCCTC, Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the great team out there, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, and Youngstown State University. So thanks so much once again, and we will see you next time.